When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Am I on air here? I don't believe that I am. I can't hear myself. Now I can because for some reason Gareth's turned it all the way down. That's okay. He's, uh, he said he's been to the gym a little bit too much and maybe it fried his mind just slightly. Young Gareth. Uh, Friday <laughs> form panel. And we've got Dan Maliki and it's going to be fun to go through these races again. We keep sort of getting it right and not always getting it right. So getting it right for the prices and not always getting it right on the track, but they can be two very different things, can't they, Dan? They certainly can. Good morning, everyone. Um, oh, yeah, that's right, but it's a bit of fun at times, isn't it, trying to sort out the prices and try to get that little bit of an edge because um, I noticed all the tab prices are up um, sort of halfway through the evening last night or, or, or late enough anyway to uh, um, get a comparison for all of the races this time and uh, hopefully we can still identify what we... Just lost that, I think, for a moment there. Will he return now? Three, two, one. Hello again, Dan. No. I don't know quite what happened there, but he just said, e -e 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 and that was the end of it, unfortunately. Um, so I'm going to uh, have a quick squeeze at the first. But there's nine races, so that's been pretty similar to most weeks of recent times where we've had about nine events, and I like this. It's not too many. Um, there is one really significant gap at one point, which uh, I'm not overly thrilled about, but um, we'll work through it between races six and seven. The gap will be 39 minutes, which uh, I don't love. I was just mentioning that that very large gap between races six and seven. We can't do much about it, but it's extensive, 39 minutes, Dan. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, though, does it? No. Um, no, you're right. We need some consistency. Remember, once upon a time, it would be easy to be on the half hour all the way through. Um, anyway, we, we have to uh, make do, don't we? 9.14 finish on a Saturday night. That's, that's great. That's fantastic, in that. fact. But right. it doesn't make sense if every other night finishes later. No, and uh, interesting that we're starting too early, 4.52. I'm, I'm pretty cool with that, I've got to say, as well. But uh, if we didn't have that 39-minute gap there, uh, we could finish... About 9 o'clock. Anyway, let's get stuck <laughs> in. First race in the program. Um, interesting affair. The slight terror. Question mark here. Weirdly enough, it's the one drawn right next door. It's got a lot of gate speed. Uh, this thing has got Garraway's uh, down from uh, far-flung reaches, Cuddy Sark. I don't know about the, the gate speed of slight terror. And we do remember, like, you've got to keep these things in your mind at all times. Two starts back. So three starts back. Uh, slight terror leads and gets beaten at relatively short odds. Pre-race interview with Andy and Kate Gath, and they're suggesting, I'll tell you what, we don't really want to lead with Slotera because uh, he doesn't, much like leading at home, then he does lead because circumstances prevail that way. He wins. And here, there's nobody else to hand up to unless, of course, you wait forever for the stable mate to just roll your own. And the fact that Kate's chosen to drive Slotera, it'll, I think it'll probably lead here. Whether it's the winner or not, I've, I've got it about the same price. It's $2.30. I've got it about $2.20. But I'll tell you what, I uh, I call Beach Memories the Lindsay Lohan or Amanda Bynes of Victorian uh, harness racing. I think she's got any, any, any amount of ability. But it's first up from a break, new stable, um, wide second line draw. Can she win or are we looking at Sly Terror as clearly the one to beat? Or have you found something else, Daniel? Yeah, I can't say I've found anything else with great confidence. There's a couple of horses here I've identified as value. Um, and the two horses you've picked out, Sly Terror and Beach Memories, I think it's fair to say that they should be first and second favourites and dominate the market as they are. But there lies those little queries, as you've already pointed out. Sly Terror, is there enough gate speed? First time I saw him come out of the gate, um, maybe they didn't push him, but he didn't seem to have much. Next time when he drew wide, he got out pretty good, which makes you feel he might be able to do enough from one to lead. So with that scenario, he's in front, it'll be very hard to beat. Uh, Beach Memories, uh, outside the back line because she is out of the draw. First run with Emma Stewart, top 
top mare, you suspect that she could be even better. Um, uh, but it's still a challenge first up outside the back line. She's going to have to be super duper fit to be able to win it. So, and has she uh, eradicated her her bad manners too? Because scoring up would often be uh, um, the, one of the major obstacles for her. Um, you mentioned Cuddy Sark. It's 100 to 1 or, or, or thereabouts. Um, initially, I thought, well, maybe it's got the gate speed to, to, to cross like yeah. If it did, it could actually run a race and be a chance at big odds to run a place. And and the other one that I thought was way overs was post-game, number 11. It, um, it was in a really good spot last start. And then Chris didn't pull out at the 450, which... Makes me wonder, was the horse not going well enough or was he just waiting to use his sprint? Anyway, he never got the chance to do it because he stayed in, he got blocked for a run, the horse never got a look at them. But he went into that race uh, beating Serge Blanco previously. Now, with that sort of form line, why is he 30-odd to one? Um, I couldn't quite work that one out, uh, particularly if Beach Memories, if she's the sort of horse that comes with one run in the final lap, post-game might follow. Beach Memories might be able to just power on. Um, I think they're my key four. The other one would be Irvine, up in class on last week, but he couldn't have been more impressive uh, winning that race. So I didn't want to leave him out of the mix, and maybe even Dorlagiri, if Sly Terra did lead, Dorlagiri gets the right run. And I think there's we've seen enough from him we haven't seen much from him but enough to to have respect for him on the pegs and heavenly charm likewise so i'm going to tip 1 12 11 and 2 1 12 11 and 2 are my selections in the first event and i've got 1 12 9 and 7 so i mean the one we haven't mentioned is heavenly charm we've got a love affair with her and she draws potentially to lob three poles which is a good spot for her that's if slow terror leads outright delgury behind the leader Heavenly Charm, three poles. Having said that, there's a number of scenarios here. I have got Cuddy Sark one way or t'other ending up behind the leader here. Whether it crosses and then Sly Terror affects the retake or it runs the gate and it's quick enough, I think, to create the gap to get in behind, behind Sly Terror um, anyway, potentially. So it could be the big place, bed. The other couple that I think, well, one in particular that deserves mentioning I know Kate Gather's chosen Sly Terry here, but for obvious reasons, every time I hear Andy Gath talk about just roll your own, and he thought he could win last week again, he's, I think he believes just roll your own is a better horse probably than what we've seen so far. So gate seven, yes, um, trouble, but a lot of go-back horses off the front row here. Irvine won't get involved. Don't think Valiente well, will from that draw, Red Hot Assassin probably not. Hugo Rocks goes back. Just roll your own can just balance and burn and roll into a, a reasonable position here. And um, you just wonder. You just wonder. $18. I'd love to know what Andy thinks of the price because I think he would say it's over. So we'll have him back at his return on Burning Questions a little later this afternoon. And uh, they'll be up, or the Burning Questions will be up on socials um, this evening. But I'm with Slytera. I just think it all pans out well for him. I'm not going to have a massive bet. I wouldn't have thought early quaddies I'd have. 1, 9, and 12. I'd be including Heavenly Charm, but I've gone 1, 12, 9, and 7. One race down, eight races to go. The FFP, the Friday form panel here at SEN Track. We'll go for a break, come back when we return the first of two 1,200 metre races, and I'll be tipping, I think, and I'm looking forward to finding out what Dan Malecki thinks about the race. Back very soon. Form panel, Gareth left his pencil case here, I think. I think it's so cute, he carries around a pencil case. It's uh, just a torturous bag. Um, so his long-suffering uh, producer, Jacko, might want it. He can grab that if he wants. Race two on the card, it's over 1,200 metres. And it is one of the better 1,200-metre races I've seen in terms of um, competitiveness. I reckon the top four, I think, got a smudge, Art Jester and Stir Me Up. All have winning claims, though, Stir Me Up. Well, maybe it's seven dollars here and uh, not a dollar forty like last time when it got rolled. I've got, I've just got this thing for I think I, I just think it's a very, very, very nice horse and it's got very good gate speed if you want to use it. Um, terrific run behind Petty last time out. Uh, I think if it gets across to the front, 
it's the likely winner. But as mentioned, that run from Art Jester, over 1,200 metres the last time we saw it, was super, got a smudge, stir me up. I can make a case for all of them, but the strongest prosecution I can make is for number seven, I think. Dan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, totally agree with you. Um, he's Even these runs prior, those wins prior to that uh, uh, performance last week, uh, splitting two very good horses, um, those runs were excellent as well, uh, and he would have been right for this race. Uh, I think uh, he'll win. The, t- the 1,200, they're, they're not races I can easily sort out. Um, I've got to try to envisage them as races that are uh, longer to try to sort them out. <laughs> but I think I think's a good enough horse. He's a horse that will be in a class I expect to be well above where these will probably still be uh, in some time. So I think seven, the horse on the way up, uh, from... Five are Chester, nine got a smudge, and six all the rage. Seven, five, nine, and six. I really wanted to put a spot in for Stir Me Up as well, and, you know, he's definitely some sort of a, a, a chance. Even Mustang has got the draw and could press forward, but uh, I think's the one to beat. He initially stood out. Um, if he, if the, Funny enough, if the race was 1,700 um, or longer, I would be picking him as a, as a best bet. So it's just that it's 1,200 puts me off because I just still feel there's that element that I don't understand or haven't picked up enough on just yet. I mean, these 1,200-metre races have been competitive and the markets have always been very good. But uh, I, I like, I think, I'll stop short of declaring him a best bet, but I think clearly he's the horse to beat. What's Tom being doing there? Um, seven, five, nine and eight for me. Um, now I'm with you. And I reckon here's the thing. And it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I think the reason that we can't necessarily work these 1,200-metre races out is because over 1,700 metres, if something goes wrong, it's a little bit like um, uh, bank robbery. I mean, you know, if something slightly <laughs> goes wrong and you, you didn't quite, quite get the safe number right the first time, you've got a little bit more time to get it right the second time, haven't you? But over yeah. 1,200 metres, it's almost as though if one little decision doesn't work out or if they hang you out to dry for, for 50 metres too long while you're trying to go forward or if you go back and they drop anchor for just 100 metres too long, this is where it becomes tough, doesn't it? Because it's, there's just no room to move if, if one thing doesn't work out. Otherwise, I'm with you. I just think I think would win the race. The key here is I reckon I'm, I'm very confident he's got the speed to get across which would take a lot of that out of the equation, wouldn't it? But I reckon that's – it's pretty obvious, isn't it? That, 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 that is the reason that the six furlong races are so hard because there's sort of no room for error. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And look, if they're good enough, I, I, I wouldn't be uh, against them sitting without cover if they're that style yeah, of horse. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, they've got to get there, though. There's plenty of others that would have the same intentions and you don't want to see them stuck three wide. But then again – being three wide, third up outside the leaders is probably better than being last one off the peg. Yeah. So, yeah, we're still sorting them out, uh, out but um, at least there's more of them now. Uh, we're starting to get the hang of it. And one thing for sure we're finding, the the markets uh, are pretty competitive and so too are the races. So uh, I think, um, yeah, look, I think in a way he picks himself, um, but there's just respect I've got to have for other horses because if there's just one little thing that goes wrong, that's the difference between being a really good winning chance and a good thing, and even to the other extent, in a race like this, that could be the difference between winning and running a, a, a solid fourth. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. But we are pretty confident with, I think, and very similar, uh, well, same top three, seven, five, and nine. I've just gone with Stir Me Up. For fourth, where as Dan Lucky has gone with all the rage. Now, we'll get through one more race. This is the uh, the two-year-old affair. And Timmy Richter, what have I written in the form comment? I think um, probably worth planning a zombie apocalypse if this thing gets beaten. It's, I, I, I'd go down to your bunkers if you've got one, I, really and truly. These two-year-old affairs are never easy. But Timmy Richter has 100% got the score on the board um, from the two runs for the Gold Crown Series. And... and very much should be winning. Remy Lou has been around a lot of times. I don't know whether Remy Lou is just starting to fade. Obviously, there were excuses last start. D Rowe, we don't know a hell of a lot about one start, one win. The time was okay. Doug's Flame is on day, and well bred. But um, we've got to find exotics here, I think, because I don't believe you'll be disagreeing with me. I think Timmy Richter at $1.22 is about its right price. 
Yeah, look, he's a smart horse. He was really strong to the line at Bathurst. Has had that freshen up. I'm sure everything about the experience, uh, the the trip away, and the fact that he's got plenty of ability, um, he'll be even better. Timmy Richter, number six. He's uh, one of the better younger horses going around. Six from 5D row. He's got room to improve. Um, this has a far deeper end to the swimming pool, so to speak, uh, particularly with the big shark of uh, Timmy Richter lurking. But uh, I think D-Row looks a nice enough type. Uh, Remy Lou for a consistency. And then, look, Doug's Flame probably is trial well enough to be the next best, but that's what we're looking at, the next best. And I think it's six, five, seven, and three, clearly the six on top. Tend to agree with you, $1.22 at the moment with Tab. Um, I don't. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if uh, he was a bit shorter. In fact, I would probably expect Timmy Richter to, to, to start shorter. I can see a few other horses here starting much longer odds, which means something has to shorten. I think it would be the favourite. Six, five, seven, three. Let's have a guess for some fun tomorrow night. Right, I'm going to go a dollar eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes that happens, doesn't it? Will be, not like a, in, in my opinion, it's virtually set in stone. It, we, he'll start at dollar six or a dollar eight or something crazy, won't he? Because at the end of the day, the market is what the market is right now. But they're just going to. I think uh, it'll be taking any price, running through every multi. And so it's very hard for me to see how he won't doesn't start shorter than a dollar ten. So without being totally ridiculous, if you are going to run your multis through him, I'd do it now. Personally, Dan. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can see Olivia Rose will get sixty to one. The more you yeah. bet, could be the same price. Doug's Flame to thirty to one. Sidarius a hundred. D Row could easily go five fifty to eleven and still be second favourite. Remy Lou tens to nine eighth. Now, if that happens. That's nothing what I just said there probably shocks you, does it? No. Because if that happens, Timmy Richter has to be a $1.06, $1.04. Now, I've gone very similar. So, basically, I've gone six, three, seven, and 5. But it makes sense to me, based on what we both said, that if you want to play a trifecta here, just go 6 to beat three, five, seven, three, five, seven, or pick one of the – pick a, a, a D-Row out or a Doug's Flame out. Doug's Flame looked pretty green at the trials, but – Clearly has ability. It's a brother to Doug's babe. So um, I, I think it's going to have a fair bit of ability and a fair bit of early ability. And really, there's nothing that we've seen from the others to suggest that they can they can figure in the top three. And if you wanted to play, like if you, if you want to go hog wild, because something could go wrong with one of these two-year-olds, they might completely underperform or um, do something wrong. You could play a first four, six to beat three, five, seven, three, five, seven field and hope something crazy comes in for fourth. I think that's... Either that, or as we've already mentioned, run your multis through the dollar twenty-two and and sit back and enjoy the race. I think is the way to go, Dan. It is. I think we've got a big six. Um, uh, Jack, well, I haven't read anything this week, which is a bit of a shame. Last week's pool got to one hundred and seventy thousand as projected, which was really good. Um, but I still think we can do better with that. Uh, but the difference was there was one hundred and twenty when you take away the the fifty grand that was seated in the pool. One hundred and twenty thousand dollars extra money that was bet on harness racing which doesn't look like it'll be bet this week because i don't think there is well i haven't got any information about uh any uh any jackpot pool particularly for for the big six but it shows you that people want to bet on it when they get a chance and this would have been a, a terrific start it would have been a big five well, I, tell, I think i think i'll tell you what uh, you, you can, what i will say is you can't start something and not continue with it so basically if, if we're going to go down this road then you must persist and say, oh, we're going to do this for several weeks and really pump it up. And I'll tell you what, I was in a very good position until, I think everyone was in a good position until star of the show decided yeah. to blow us all out in uh, what was a very unusual race. We're going to take our final break. Well, it's going to sort of be, it's going to be a linking final break heading in to the second hour uh, of the Friday form panel and we'll give you plenty more winners. Stick with us, Dad Malicki and Jay Bon. Am I on air here? Welcome back. Am I on air here? Oh, welcome back. Uh, am I on air here or not? What's happening? Uh, I can just see a text from last night. Do you guys have a side wager on who wins the night? I've got a five, five match winning spree over the Peacock at the moment, which is like beating Federer five times in a row. Also beat him in the paper toss game. I got 45 out of here the other day, Ollie, just uh, when you're not here. Yeah, because you're, you're such a psychological presence. Race four on the card is the final leg of the early quaddy. Now, tomorrow night at Melton Park. And it is a wonderful little pseudo-match race here between Bonnie Bell and it's Ebony and Ivory. Now, the barrier draw, Dan, suits Bonnie Bell, at least on paper. I do believe that it's Ebony and Ivory 
has got the early speed to potentially get across and has a little bit more race fitness on its side. And that's why I've lent with five over four. But sometimes these small fields, they can be intriguing races, can't they? Wendy's wish is shorter than I thought at $9. I do think it's pretty much a match race. Um, but which way are you leaning between a four-body bell and five, it's Ebony and Ivory in this mayor's affair? I, going with it's Ebony and Ivory, similar to you, I think uh, um, she's she's hard fit, was solid, comes out of a good race last yeah. start, uh, Jason, and um, you, you, I think she's spot on now. She's at her peak as far as her fitness is concerned, and she's got a bit of class about her. Not that Bonnie Bell hasn't. Um, difficult to... To actually uh, make the selection, but I'm, I'm favouring it's Ebony and Ivory. Five from four, three, and six Rosarito miss for fourth. Five, four, three, six. Five, four, six, and three. So this is quite incredible. Four races so far, very similar tips, all the same on top. This wouldn't have happened, I don't think, in a Friday form panel with uh, Dan and myself. That, that's not to guarantee you can go one out in the early quaddy, but uh, it's a good sign. I, I like it both ways, Dan. <laughs> I mean that in terms of uh, what we're doing here, but I like it. Uh, and hello, J-Bon. Hi. Hello. I don't know who the texture is, but yeah, hello. Yeah, in other respects, I just like it one way. But I, I like it when we uh, agree and concur because it gives punters confidence, doesn't it? That, okay, both the uh, both the big boys are on the, um, on the same page. And I also enjoy it. I don't enjoy it when we're slightly deviating. I enjoy it when we're either totally concurring or... We've got vastly different ideas about what might happen. And we've seen that. There was one race last week. I think my top four was completely different to your top four. And um, the race, you know, the race to pull the other leg led in. I think we were both right in certain aspects of the way the race was run. But it was such a a perplexing race to work out. It unfolded, I think, that way uh, as it turned out anyway. I think you were closer to the, the winning score than what I was. I probably got the speed map right, but you got the... Um, uh, the finishing positions much better than I did. And that's good. That's what we want to see. And we get to see a fair bit. We've seen a fair bit of that, haven't we, over the course of the last couple of months. I reckon the most open harness races I've seen in a a collective period have been in that last couple of months. Been very challenging. Um, My top four and your top four sitting by the fire. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'll tell you, that's nearly the most frustrating, um, frustrating aspect of harness racing is when you do get particularly when a map is difficult and you get it right and and you get the race wrong. Um, yeah. That's yeah. the hardest bit, isn't it? Because you think to yourself, well, I did I did the hard yards. I went through um, Andy Dufresne's tunnel to get out of uh, <laughs> Shawshank and I uh, never made it to say one to Nao because you just think sometimes, oh, now that's worked out exactly as I've planned and it will work out at the finish and then something else pops up. Yep, uh, to- totally true. There are plenty of challenges, as I keep referencing. We're still working for a living. But I think even if we were Maltese, I think we'd still be working for a living. We enjoy it. We enjoy the challenge. Right. I, mean, I still have a work ethic, at least um, when the fields come out, and particularly now that I've got some uh, a radio show that I can uh, showcase my, my selections and I want to put in. But I would do it anyway because I, I need to learn my colours. Uh, when I say my colours, the drivers, yeah. the colours that they wear as well as the form that goes with it. And, and I, I still have a, a strong desire to to want to do that, um, that preparation that you put in. It's not as if you just turn up this morning and start second-guessing things and looking at the form guides. I mean, I, I'll very rarely, if ever, make a reference to a horse's placing in a race. I always like to deduce it, see how it went, how it looked physically, whether it was strong, whether it was weak, how fit it was. And, and those little elements are the difference between the confidence that we can get. You you can do your preparation slightly different to the way I do it, but just um, uh, as comprehensive uh, in the way that you need to do it. And we start earlier on in the week and sometimes you can have a different, just even in your own head, a different opinion mm. each time you look at a race, depending on how, how easy or, or difficult it might be to work out. But I still love that challenge. I really look forward to it. Um, and some, uh, you look forward to the, seeing how it unfolds on the race night because they are tough. And if, if life was, was easy, it would be predictable and not as much fun, would it? No, and, and I'm, you know, I'm the furthest thing from a sicker fan. You know that I think you're the, uh, the best caller in the country. You're my favourite. Okay, everyone's got a subjective favourite. You're my favourite um, uh, for a variety of reasons. But a lot of it does come down to the form analysis because it means when you're calling a race – 
and you've read it a certain way, it turns out a different way. And I, you can, I can feel the cogs moving around in your mind where you, you can call a race differently knowing, okay, now that this has happened, I'm, I can call this race differently. And when a certain horse does something, I'm aware, okay, I didn't tip it in my preview, but now I know sitting there when it peels, I can be confident about where it's going to go and start to uh, shift the play forward from where the actual race is. And that is something people love. And make a commentary as well about how impressive or um, unimpressive a performance is while the race is in real time. And I actually think it helps people do their form. It helps me do my form. I I I think more of a horse if you um, deify it or you elevate it courtesy of the win. But that all comes back to... Tuesday Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon. It's happening in real time on a Saturday night, but it actually goes 72, 96 hours back from that, doesn't it? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I, look, I put all my hard work in um, uh, earlier in the week because what I like to do, I like to call the race. I know yes. that sounds stupid, but yeah. I like to have my eyes behind the glasses watching the race. I don't want to spend my time looking at the race book and seeing what horse that is and spending half my time with my eyes on the race book instead of 100% behind the glasses and focusing on the race. It's where I feel most comfortable. So therefore, I need to know as much as I possibly can, prepare for it properly, and then also enjoy that aspect yeah. of, of my work and, and and look some scenarios, as, as we said, you know, the horses with the gate speed, you know, the drivers. I think there are certain drivers that I understand best and, and with them in races, I think... I can understand the way they're going to do things. Not that they're straightforward and do everything the same way, but I know how well they understand their horses. I spend a lot of time with my eyes behind the binoculars so I can study these drivers and uh, get a really good idea and appreciation of how they go about um, their business. And that, that helps me um, as well. And um, you know, during the course of a race, in a way, I like to eliminate the winning chances as we go. I might still refer to them, but in my own head, I'll either particularly if they're favourites. There's more people backing a favourite, so more eyes or ears uh, around whoever might be the favourite. So if I can identify there's still a winning chance at the, the 600 or conversely, um, I don't like your chances at the 600, you know, I like to put my two bobs worth in. But one thing I'll never, ever do, ever, is guess. Never guess. No. Uh, particularly in photo finishes. So I like it to be as accurate as possible, maybe a bit quirky and funny at times if the race <laughs> deserves it. Um, but I still like the element of surprise. You know, as much as we put the work in, have an expectation that there could be A, B, C, D, E plans that could unfold. I, you know, a horse breaks up, uh, there's trouble in the field, something happens that you don't expect. I still really like that and enjoy that, um, that aspect of it. So, um, uh, and some races do provide that when you unex- uh, they're unexpected to get just as much enjoyment out of it. I, I think, uh, yeah, nobody's better at recognising the moment. I remember some of the, talk about quirky, those Saturday morning calls during the pandemic. <laughs> um, because you knew, you knew it was um, um, a kitschy, unique situation and uh, geez, you, had, you added a hell of a lot to that. And I, you do like um, your sometimes off-Broadway um, perspectives and race five, I think there is a clear off-Broadway perspective here because we know the top two are... Ages White Sox and Supreme Dominator. I reference in the form guide, and um, there was a time during the pandemic, maybe 12 or 18 months ago, 18 months ago, I think, where Torrid Satan better be the bomb. We're sharing the spools and these free-for-alls. At the moment, it's Ages White Sox and Supreme Dominator. But I, I, if I know a little bit about Dan Malicki, I could be wrong here, but I'm thinking you'd have to entertain the idea that Courageous Satan is going to use its early speed here, cover up Cosimo, and there might be no lead for either of the big guns, and that's going to make a much more intriguing race if it does happen, Dan. Yeah, and that's why it sort of leads me down the path of the horse that I'm going to suggest. Uh, I'm still in my own head because I haven't actually written down my tips here um, in concrete, but there's a horse that I want to suggest to back. The only thing is this horse is, it's not so much it's hot and cold, but needs pretty much like uh, Goldilocks just to get things just right, you know, and that is Let's Rock, Let's Roll. Yeah. Um, which probably doesn't surprise you fully. When you look at its uh, figure form, you think, mm. oh, give it a go um, or miss. But maybe that race shape, the way you, you talked about Courageous Saint, might be used up out of the gate here to lead. Um, I think that's a good possibility because 
Yambakian's probably the threat to challenging him early, and Yambakian's first up. So it'll depend on that respect that's there for Yambakian, who can get out pretty good anyway. Um, the others, Supreme Dominator gets out okay, but I'd say he'd more push his way forward. And Let's Rock, Let's Roll, off the arm, he could fly out, but he's clearly one dimensional. I think he's much better one-dimensional, driven Cole, one run at them. And if Courageous Saint leads, um, mm. Yambakian can pull hard sometimes. He is first up. That's the other risk. Uh, but AG's White Sox has to make a move and Supreme Dominator will be right there. Possibility of Supreme Dominator outside the leader, AG's White Sox pouring on the pressure, Supreme Dominator either ends up 1-1 or he pushes on, inject a bit of speed mid-race, works its way across Courageous Saint the lead, AG's White Sox without cover. Now it's just a scenario or one of a couple. Cosimo's going really well, it's got to be a really good place chance, but I just thought an injection of speed one quarter that was quick enough mid-race might help Let's Rock, Let's Roll's cause. So I think that Supreme Dominator with a barrier draw might have that slight edge on AG's White Sox, who has been absolutely fantastic uh, lately, hasn't it? Greg Sugar's not driving tomorrow night, by the way. Um, so Josh Dickey will take the drive on AG's White Sox, but he's got a horse that's in terrific form. Let's Rock, Let's Roll's the one at odds. So I'm putting the five on top. Five, Let's Rock, Let's Roll. Um, from six, uh, which is Supreme Dominator, nine, uh, AG's White Sox, one, Cosimo, and three, Yambuckian. So five, six, nine, and one of my selections here. Um, I think Let's Rock, Let's Roll. You'll know your fate with him. Like, he could easily run a good seventh again because I don't go fast enough. But I reckon at 20 to 1, Mark Pitt's got the drive on Let's Rock, Let's Roll here. And David Aiken's got two runners in the Lenny the Shark free-for-all. Mm. I reckon both are going to be primed. And uh, both have got good chances. The other being Max Delight, who I haven't mentioned. I uh, wonder if you will, after last week, you declared him unbeatable. Mm. Uh, but, of course, he didn't lead. No, he didn't. Um... And yeah, I knew my fate pretty quickly as well. So uh, the run was still really good, but you, but you do wonder whether he's lost that uh, winning feeling a little bit. And, and certainly when I declared him, there were a couple of um, judges who texted me and said, oh, I, "I don't think he's, I don't think he's a winner anymore." And maybe he's not. We'll find out. Supreme Dominator is out apparently. I've just, we've just. I think that's my man Yams as. Uh, Certainly it not. is. It's just been scratched. Just that is, he's right on the money. So that changes things. Um, so I'll go. Uh, Ag's White Sox on top. Cosimo uh, now second, third. Max Delight and fourth. I'll throw it in like Captain, who's seventy-one and ten. Seventy-one and ten. So if it's three poles here, like Captain, I don't understand how at ten dollars a place he can't run a drum. In fact, you wouldn't totally be against just having the field hit nearly because you, the case you make for Let's Rock, Let's Roll, I know Crime Rider was pretty plain last time out, but the race wasn't run to suit. He loves it when they absolutely burn along and he could win at $23. Um, you could make a case for everything in this race. Courageous Saint can improve. Um, AJ's White Sox clearly the one to beat now um, and Rick Riley is also out. So a couple of scratchings out of the race now, but uh, I will settle on AG's White Sox to win, but I'm still not declaring him. The only thing for AG's White Sox, he does follow through behind Courageous Saints, so he might get into a nice position early. Nine, one, ten, and 8. Good on you, Yams. That's incredible stuff. Right yeah, it just happened too, right on the money. And another horse that's just come out as well Rick is Riley. post-game race one number oh, 11. Okay, so that comes out. And that was one that you were giving a bit of a pump up for as well. Mm. So... Um, very interesting that people wait till 11.18 uh, on a uh, Friday. Well, the Friday form panel's on to do their scratchings. Don't do that to us, please. Time for a break. We'll come back. We've still got four races to go in the Friday form panel. Dan Malagy and Javon. In this context, there's no disrespect. So when I bust my rhyme, you break your neck. We got the uh, black Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel, and Andy Gath was also on to it. He texted me at the same time. His yams. So, uh, everybody, isn't it amazing how uh, on the button some people are with those uh, those scratchings and market moves and lots of other things? Um, Supreme Dominator route changes the complexion of the Allied Express. Lenny the Shark free-for-all. First leg of the quarter. Second leg. Wow, this is a tough three-year-old race. Wowie, wee wow. Yahoo, I'm glad the emergency in gate one Came out nice and early because that would have been very frustrating. Our Vincent Van uh, Can Go was a most interesting runner who's also out now. And it changes the complexion of the race. 
It's mo- it's still interesting though, isn't it? Because you've got our Vinny who's drawn awkwardly, and even though he was impressive last time out, he was really lazy. Mr. Hunter's clearly a very good horse, but stepping into a different sort of scenario and uh, had a very tough run last week. Doug's platter, first two runs back have been solid without looking like the Doug's platter quite of last season. So they are a rightful top three here, I think, Dan. But there's little question marks over all of them. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's an interesting race because um, the favourites, most of the key runners are on the back row. Uh, I thought Mr Hunter was really good last week. Um, probably just got to the front too soon and he even looked like he was having a bit of a gawk on the home turn as if he mm. thought his job was done. I, I still thought his effort was really good. Yeah. Um, I think he's the one to beat, Mr Hunter. He's at the top of his game and you know that he measures up around this class, whereas a few others are stepping up. Uh, our Vinny inside the back row, look, he's a pretty good horse. I think he's just below that top grade, but this is the right sort of race for him. Uh, the five is cheers to Lou. Now, he, he and the favourite last week, uh, yeah. the horse that was Roryville, wasn't it? That, um, mm. they, they gassed themselves on the early part. So forgivable run he couldn't lead he's got a lot of gates beat might be able to lead here and then even you know perhaps take a trail but i think you can see a better cheers to lou i've got him in the mix and 13 lethal louis when a horse comes over it doesn't matter where they're winning but uh, with that sort of uh, form line um you've got to respect him particularly at the good odds but 12 mr hunt is the one to beat for mine 12 8 5 and 13. So Lethal Louis as well, um, uh, a stable mate of art just uh, trolled well around that horse um, recently, at least at least based on the times, I think, at Mount Gambia. So I could see it firming up. I think the, I think another one I'd even throw into the mix, because I think uh, Cheers to Lou should lead, shouldn't it? So I think Love a Scrap could be behind the leader, and I wouldn't be totally ruling out its chances. Another Nian's got a fair bit of ability. I don't know exactly where he's at at the moment either. It's just a... It's a very intriguing race. So I'm, I'm, I'm with Mr. Hunter as well. I just thought when you go through those runs last week and you think every other horse who did anything early absolutely collapsed, didn't they? They punctured. And yeah. Mr. Hunter, as you mentioned, even, so take the race, take the run on face value. It's still a good run. But if he did sort of half knock off, it's an even better run, isn't it? Because he sort of, he bolted clear and looked like, just before the turn, he looked like he was going to—he was going to just open a wound and just break them, uh, tear them asunder. And then he just started sort of floating, didn't he? It, it just—it wasn't—it didn't look like he punctured straight away. It almost looked like he just said, "Well, I'm just going to float now because I, I'm I'm well in front and I've and, I, and I've done the job as you mentioned." So, if the run was even better than where he finished, uh, yeah, I'll take the 440. I'm happy with that. So, 12, eight. 10, and and now 5 for me because I had our Vincent can go there. So uh, I'll throw in cheers to Lou, as we've already mentioned. Uh, a forg- forgivable run last start, really good gate speed, should be leading. Race 7 on the card before we go to the news is the download the tab app today, Pace, and it is arguably, in my opinion, uh, the race of the night, and there are plenty of good races, but this is most intriguing. Um, the Wombat, Toby McKinnon said maybe I underrated... Uh, Ultimate Vinny, and certainly by price, he's right. I marked the $21. I don't think he can win. I don't think he's got any hope, to be honest. But it's six fifty. The question is, um, who leads here? Because the one can try and kick up from uh, from the pole mark and draw over seventeen twenty. We know that we better believe it's got very good gate speed. Mighty Flying Art has the gate speed, probably won't use it. Pulled the other leg, has got really good gate speed, but it's not working out using it at the moment. It is a very complex, interesting race, isn't it, Dan? It is. It's a good race. Um, there's winning form. There's enough winning form. We've got a first upper, a shorter trip, barrier draws. Um, the the balance is out the race, but it's a good quality race as well. Um, I thought we better believe it could lead. He, he's obviously very quick off the gate. I think Ultimate Vinny would be best trailing, and, and if he's able to hold up and be behind, we better believe it. He gets a good run. He's won a race there before um, using the sprint lane, or if he didn't, he lost it on protest after using the sprint lane, but he, he goes well on the sprint lane is my point. But we better believe it's in great form. Um, I think is one of, uh, well, probably five key chances. Um, just a little sip. He's a terrific horse. He's getting better all the time. Yeah. 
he stars continuing to rise. Von Art, not sure what to make of Von Art here because of the, the wide gate first up, but clearly she uh, exceeded all expectations, I think. Last time, every time the bar was lifted, she went with it. Uh, so she could win this first up, but it's still a challenge from that gate against this field. Ever hoping, good, racing well, and Serge Blanco likewise. Look, we better believe it. Number two is my top pick. Two from six, just a little sip. Um, as the the major threat, um, then uh, numbers, uh, nine ever hoping, and uh, and one ultimate Vinny, uh, ultimate Vinny, two, six, nine, one, um, with uh, Von Art and Serge Blanco, other runners that are in the mix here. And Mighty Flying Art went much better, uh, not driven out hard off the gate yeah. last week. He was hard up on the back of them. In fact, he was going to finish a lot closer yeah. with clear running. So I wonder if uh, Mighty Flying Art might have found his mojo again. It was much better last week, uh, Jason. Um, but, you know, whether you can afford or not to throw him in to your exotics or even your quaddies, it's a very good race. I reckon there's a race for him right around the corner. I don't think it's this one. But, um, yeah, he was bolting in behind them. I've gone 6289. Uh, I've done this before, obviously, yeah, sometimes successfully, sometimes otherwise, but I'm hitching my wagon and had for some time now to just a little sip. Well, not some time, last few runs. I, I think he's a really, really good horse. Like, I think he's a really good horse. I, th- I think I'd love to know from Joe Pace. I would say he is at least as talented going forward. And this sounds, this is, you know, Supreme Dominators won a group one. I think just a little sip is at least as good a horse or will be. I I think he's really good. Um, so I've got him on top. I think he can roll forward. And if he has to park, he has to park. But he might get cover if he gets cover even better. So I've got him on top. We better believe it. Yes, I actually thought he would lead as well. And if he does, um, they could play Ducks and Drakes a little bit here. A lot of uh, class runners off the second row. Um, pinches a quarter, pinches 200 metres even. Might be enough to win the race. Matty Craven's got it flying. Yankee Gold is the only one you didn't mention. I, if Ultimate Vinny was to lead here, this is why I don't think Ultimate Vinny can win. Because if Ultimate Vinny leads, Yankee Gold will run past it. I've almost got no doubt. And if we better believe it leads, it, Ultimate Vinny won't run past it. So that's why I'm thinking that it's got very minimal chance. Um, but Yankee Gold's first up run was perfect. Loves the short trip, loves the pegs. $12.310. It might be the biggest overs in the race for mine. And um, and you've got to throw in Ever Hoping and Serge Blanco in the mix as well because they're the class runners if the race is run that way. I am willing to risk a little bit like you, Dan Von Art, because I just think uh, first up from a break, next time, better draw. Uh, trial's good, yes, can blow them away next time, but this is a really hard race. And I think first up, you don't want to be out in the car park um, trying to do what she's going to have to do to win over 1,720 metres. Time for the news. We'll come back. Still a couple of races to go and a couple of features. We've got to find our multiculture and also our best bets right across the card. So don't go far. This is the Friday Fawn Panel with Dean Mills and Jabon. Am I on air here? What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hello, Jay Bond. Hi. Hello. I don't know who that text is, but hello. <laughs> he loves it, Ollie. Like, he can't get enough of it. Um, that'll do. That'll do, young man. Uh, we've got a couple of races left to go, and then our best bets and the multi-culture coming up. Race eight is the final leg of the quaddy tomorrow night at Melton final leg of what would be the big six and uh, the penultimate race on the program. Uh, you were very confident with Arawa Kaui. Uh, last time out, and to be honest, uh, I, I thought Lettuce Trot would win the race, and I'm thinking, geez, I can't believe Dan's so confident. But I'll tell you what, the run, the win was so dominant, and this horse is, he now seems like a very, very, very exciting horse to me. You obviously tweaked a little bit earlier than I did, Dan, but I'm just thinking barrier draw advantage. There's some really nice horses in this race, and it's another great step-up test for Ottawa Cowie, but... Something tells me he's going to uh, meet the challenge and meet it comfortably. Yeah, look, he's in uh, in terrific form. He's actually won his last four, hasn't he? He got relegated because he yeah. uh, he galloped two starts ago. If anything, he won at the shorter trip last time. So if anything, I think this distance is a more suitable trip for him. Um, he can come out, doesn't have to be rushed, balance up. And uh, if he's able to get to the front, I think he's a good chance to do that, Jason. Um, over and out's probably... The only one I'm uncertain of, a horse that's won seven out of 11, is first up, 
Um, has it got the gate speed to uh, offer a challenge and just change things up in the early part? But Arawakoi has got the uh, the form and the barrier draw. I think Sir Patrick's got a terrific each-way chance here. I thought he was the main threat. Uh, then Tin Hammerslaw, who's been in an amazing form, isn't he a powerhouse? What he's been able to do as a nine-year-old at his last three starts, um, quite extraordinary. And he can do the work, and he's, he's going to be decent odds again. His last start win, the support that was there for him, that was one of the better-backed uh, horses I've seen in Melton for some time. And he, mm. he just prevailed, but it didn't matter. He did all the work to set it up. And while the margin was narrow, he, uh, the, the closest they got to him was right on the line. So he has to be uh, in the mix again. And eight, don't touch the Duco. Might get a decent enough run through on the pegs to be a chance to finish. In the placings, again, he's been most consistent. Four, nine, ten and eight. I had a couple of people... Um uh, one in particular who shall remain nameless, but an amazingly good judge, sort of concerned uh, that uh, about the backing for Hammers Law last time. And like, geez, I tell you what, that is, I can't believe. But it was just, I think what happens a lot of the time, Dan, so Hammers Law was around 5.50. We both had it on top and marked it quite a bit shorter. But what happens is, um, particularly with Trot's vision and the Friday form panel and the podcast and everything else that people can listen to and watch, the 550 became uh, whatever it was, 320, and then you'll find the momentum just continues, doesn't it? Whether, whether it's whether it's real or imagined, and this is not just in harness racing; it's in all three codes. But it probably it affects the market even more in harness racing, probably because there's you know compared to thoroughbred racing, there's there's less funds going into the fixed odds market. But sometimes I think people think, oh, I tell you what, that is an absolute. They've they've moosed that thing. Yeah. But once the momentum begins. Sometimes it's a runaway train, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt. And the thing is, it was early enough the support for it yeah. that uh, it was happening all through the course of the afternoon. And then uh, there was a plunge within a plunge, wasn't there? Yeah. Like it, yeah. it, he got backed off the, the map late after being heavily backed already. So you're right. There's, um, <coughs> excuse me, there's a big momentum swing and it can go either way sometimes. Yes. You can see a horse drift significantly, um, almost ridiculously in the last few minutes of betting as well. It's almost as if there's um, one betting market in the lead up to the last six or seven minutes before the race and then a secondary market from within that, that time zone while the horses are on the track and he was heavily backed all the way through, which was good to see. And you don't, again, with the drift sometimes, it, it, it doesn't mean they've lost a leg. It just... It just means the momentum's heading one way and heading, you know, the tides are moving one way and then moving out another. And sometimes if you like one and you can see that drift happening, just wait, wait and wait and wait because you might get uh, you might get a, a wildly inflated price. Um, Sir Patrick, really good. I like to see Sir Patrick uh, driven a different way. I think it was circumstantial, but he, he he's had to do a lot of the hard yards. And I've just got a funny feeling in six or 12 months, this big boy, He's going to be even better suited when you can just sit him back and and launch late with him because he, he's he's had to do a lot of hard work and I think if you do that too often, it just starts to psychologically get in get in the scone a little bit, uh, Dan. And I'd like to see Sir Patrick come with one run last time out, and I'd like to see him do it again here. Well, he's drawn two on the back row, so Sangreal's the sort of horse that can hold up in a in a prominent yeah. spot, I suspect, until moves might be made, but. He's very strong his last lap or 800, Sir Patrick. So even if he was to come out three wide from about the 800, I still think that suits him. Big horse, needs a bit of room. Hard fit, can have the confidence to drive him that way. Um, and I'm sure he'll run well. It just depends on what sort of a run Arawakoe gets, particularly if he leads. If he got caught without cover, it might even up things a little bit. And the other thing is Hammer's Law. He seems like he wants to go. I don't think he's the sort of horse he can just hold him up to come with one run. So he might be the one wanting to improve around them quickly. He might be the one to put pressure to Arawakoe, soften up the favourite a little bit, make him vulnerable, and that might suit Sir Patrick. I don't know if you mentioned this, but what are our thoughts on over and out? Um, yeah. But because i tell you what, you go back to those first few starts, and the horses only had four starts from the mobile seven from the stand, but it absolutely explodes out of the mobile base and... It's first few runs. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, that's the one that I thought that could well lead if it was driven to, but it is first up. It's first up off a, or closer to a freshen than a spell. It's, yeah. it's been 
uh, when was it? February, you know, yeah. so it's not a long time. Like I wouldn't have been out in the paddock for a long time. And it just depends um, with a trotter particularly. They can come out first up off a break and just explode. Or, or as they get older, and this horse is a lightly raised seven-year-old, they can take a run or two because they're going to have a long preparation ahead of them. Being interesting because it's not really a stable where you expect to be huge support for. It's not as if, I mean, if, if this horse had a record and was trained by Andy or Emma yeah. or, or Jess, um, this would be $3.50 kept safe, wouldn't it? Well, there's no doubt about it. And the only thing I will say is when you've had 11 runs and you're a seven-year-old, I don't know that I, I don't know that there is a long preparation ahead, and they might know that. And so you've got to make hay while the sun shines. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but it might be the best news of all for Arawakawi because I can see over and out pinging them then wanting to hand up to Arawakawi. And from there, um, both horses are a really good chance, and it makes life harder for a couple of those big guns off the second row we've already mentioned, like Hammers, Lawrence, Sir Patrick. I ended up with the numbers four, ten, seven, and nine. I'm um, going with Arawakawi, but I have got respect for over and out. I've definitely got respect for over and out. If you're playing quaddies, you don't want to go out in the last leg. We'll go for another break, come back. One more race to get through another six furlong affair. Very tough, but I've got one that I like, and I haven't checked the price yet. So I'm a bit excited to see what it's going to be. Friday form panel. We're getting to that last stanza or the last couple of stanzas with D-Mills and Jay Bond. Stick with us, please. What can this be love? Is that the song? Oh, yeah. 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 Who is it? The great Van Halen. It's Van Halen, isn't it? Now, which – we'll test you even further here, Dan – which of Van Halen's singers was that? I wonder. Eddie Hagar. Oh, bang! He just very good. Dan Malecki. He's... David Lee Roth was fantastic, yeah. but I, I think Eddie um, Sammy Hagar was just um, yeah. I think he was Van Halen, if you know what I mean. Yeah, was there a third? There was a third one, wasn't there? No, I remember David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth was probably more. Uh, David Lee Roth was later. Was that right? Yeah, was he after Hagar? No, he was first. He was first, was he? With the big. Um, well, Cockrock, the big blonde, uh, the big blonde yeah. hair of. Uh, he was a real showman, but yeah, and he had the, his own hit on, on his own California girls. That's remember? Right. Yeah, but uh, so here go. Yes, no, I agree. The uh, the best Van Halen singer, and that is an absolute belter of a song. Final race on the card. Let's have a check of this market because I thought, I thought, I wrote, well, I wrote the. I was expecting a better price than this, even though I marked it three twenty. I kind of want a better than 380 about Regal Rock. Glenn Bull loves to lead. Horse with gate speed, 1,200 metres. I wrote in the form, come in. All the ingredients are there, aren't they? Debbie Mingate is probably the best horse in the race, I think. Can't believe Balenciaga's as short as it is, but potentially I got that wrong. But uh, I'm just thinking 1,200 metres. I can't see a hell of a lot of pressure. I'm thinking Regal Rock might just be able to lead these in merry dance, but uh, I'd like to hear your opinion, please, Dan Lucky. Yeah, the stable's in form, so you can be bullish about its chances. I think they got three winners yesterday. So, And there's a form line here from five starts ago, okay. Um, it was the Heat of the Country Club Championship, which is a good race. Regal Rock defeated Sly Terror. Uh, yep. So, um, look, he was 80 to 1 to do that, but this race is nowhere near as strong as that field and, and subsequent runs in town and then against Sweet Passion. Um, has got the gate speed. That's the key over 1,200. So I, I think Regal Rock, I, I could see this horse starting really short, Jason. Okay. Um, da- Darby Minga, Sports Rack, Mr. McClintock, one, three, two, four. It's not a race with a huge amount of depth, but it's a great opportunity for a horse in this race to get back to winning form. The only horse that's won a race in its last five is number one, Regal Rock. The only one that might be a bit over the odds, and it's not going to be easy, but... Uh, it's it's had a couple of goes over the 1,200 metres, and our cheeky devil was good behind Jeremy yeah. Wells a couple of starts back. But when you're out there, uh, race of no pressure, regardless, is going to improve. Uh, in its first run back, it was had one run back. It wasn't bad. It was a solid run. It was more than a pass mark, but you think it will need probably one or two more runs. Um, Dabby Minga, the only thing about Dabby Minga, it just doesn't seem like a 1,200 metre horse. It is, uh, it is probably the you know it's got the best form one in the race I think, but I think that uh, I don't know where it's going to get to. So, Regal Rock, we this is interesting because I was sort of wanting, I was hoping people might miss it a little bit, and I've marked it three twenty, it's three eighty. But I'm going to take uh, your words under advisement here and back it 
sooner rather than later because you're suspecting we might get down to not half the quote, but around the 220-250 mark. I reckon that's a possibility. Well, 1,200-metre race, who leads? Are you certain yeah. Regal Rock will lead? Close enough to, yeah. Yep. Well, he's got to be 220 chance then, Jason, I think. You know, I'm not saying that just because of that he, he's just a shoe in and he's going to win, but he's going to be more advantage. I mean, Glen Bull, very aggressive driver. He's got a lot of horses with gate speed. He must train them that way, but... Uh, here's a horse that gets his favourite barrier draw. You'd imagine the 1,200 suits, unless, you know, a horse like Mr McClintock um, was able to, to, to beat him out. I, I think he leads, and if he leads, he's, he's far shorter than the 380 chance. It's just that sort of a race. Pretend this race is run at Kilmore on a Thursday night, and I reckon he would be 220. All right, well, uh, but early to avoid disappointment there, gamble responsibly, but $3.80 is the price to take at the moment. Final break, come back, and we'll talk about our best bets. I've got a funny feeling from what I've just heard. Regal Rock might be one of them for uh, for Dan Lecky, and also Multiculture, where we come up with our multis for the week, and we're going to start following these closely so that we can report back on them. Next week on the Friday Form Panel and see how we've gone. Back in a moment, final stanza, final section, final segment of the Friday Form Panel about to come. Here are the panel's best. Best bets for tomorrow night at Melton. Nine race card starts at 4.52, ends at 9.14. Now, you liked a couple of the 1,200-metre races, but you mm. said, I think I can't, I don't think I can quite do it. But the way you were talking about Regal Rock, I've got a funny feeling it might be one of them. But I'm not going to preempt you any further, Dan Malecki. What are your best bets tomorrow night? I could, if they were 1,700-metre races, I probably would. One thing with Regal Rock, he can pace a little bit roughly. But um, I, look, at the moment, I've got a little rule in, in my sub-clause 1.3b uh, is don't tip best bet over 1,200 metres. Not yet. Wait. Um, look, to be fair, there are two races tomorrow night over 1,200 where I'm, uh, I think and, and Regal Rocket might be a good double. But um, as I said, I'm still learning uh, about it. The horse that I, I think is probably – is actually better value than I thought is Mr. Hunter. Mm. So race six, number 12 is my best, Mr. Hunter. And at least at the 450 or so, he's just trimmed up that – He's an each-way play into another each-way play, race seven, number two, which is better, we better believe it. So race six, number 12, race seven, number two. And the value is let's rock, let's roll. Race five, number five, at least uh, you're going to get some good value about uh, let's rock, let's roll currently at $23, but it still has supreme dominator in the market as a $4.80 chance there. So they're my best or better bets on the card. And as you pointed out, the two horses, in the 1,200-metre races, um, I'm, I was close to, to tipping them as, as best bets as well. well I'll, do, I'll do it for you. Um, Winston Churchill, once more under the breach, once more into the morass. Uh, I'm going to have the th- three best bets, two of them in the 1,200-metre races. I'll live to regret it, no doubt about it. Well, I, hopefully I'm alive at the end of it. Race two, number seven, uh, I think, and race nine, number one, Regal Rock. But my best, at, so that meant a, a Mr. Hunter-type price, I've just got this huge opinion of just a little sip, so I'm going to make it my best bet and go head-to-head with you, Dan, with race seven, number six, just a little sip as the other best bet. Time for multi-culture, please. Oliver Petraea Landos. It's time for multi-culture. This isn't easy. This isn't easy. I'll go first this time. <clears throat> I'm going to go, uh, you know what I'm going to do? Three different multis. I'm going to have, I think, and Timmy Richter to win and also um, just Little Sip and Regal Rock. So a four-leg multi there, and then I'm just going to take three and three. So uh, I think into Timmy Richter, into just Little Sip, and then I think into Timmy Richter, into Regal Rock. I think but there's a good chance all four of them can win. What are you going to do with your multiculture this week, please, Daniel? Mm. I'd start off with uh, just getting that times $1.20 with Timmy Richter um, into a place, race six, number 12, Mr. Hunter, into a place, race seven, number two, we better believe it, into a place, race eight, number nine, Sir Patrick. What do you reckon? I I love it. And I think people, I'm I'm actually big. I don't play a lot of multis personally, but when I do, a lot of them are place bets because 
It's a very sensible way to go, isn't it? Because it, it, it just gives you a bit of insurance. And yet the multipliers continue, whether they're places or wins. If you can get a dollar eighty, two dollars about something in place, you've got three opportunities to be there and it's uh, it's the way to go sometimes, isn't it? Well, when you're taking four-legged one yeah. um, as well, it Watch just uh, it adds up a little bit, doesn't it? You're just trying to create uh, an opportunity of uh, what's mine seven dollars twenty-five four-legged all up to win, and then three for the play. So it's a bit of entertainment, and sometimes when you're having your punt, you got to look at it that way. You got to have fun if you're going to have a bet. Everyone wants to win, but if you're not enjoying it, you shouldn't be doing it. Well, fortunately, we do have a lot of fun, and certainly have a lot of fun on the Friday form panel. Great to have you joining me again. Early start, early finish tomorrow night and lots to look forward to Dan thanks for joining us mate and thanks for your IP and um, your humour and also your knowledge of Van Halen mate catch you tomorrow night <laughs> love it all thanks Jason it's Dan Malecki and that's the Friday form panel enjoy the rest of the programming today on SEN track and make sure to tune in to SEN track tomorrow night for the Melton races and also Trots Vision goodbye love you enjoy everything you're all good people believe that down deep